Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper-Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Kasper-Cook, and this is Michigan Avenue Media. Um, good story is a good story, and this is kind of a little different show now. It's news of the day, and um, I'm sure everybody out there that's listening or will be listening on demand knows exactly what is going on here with COVID-19, and, uh, COVID-10, and we will be talking more about all the things that we've heard people say and that our friends have told us and how we're living and men and women. I mean, there's so many subjects to talk about right now, uh, staying home. And this is not a political show. This is about uh, people caring for each other and being on Facebook all these years and meeting all these people for the last 10 years. We all are in different areas. Jack Remick is on and Eleanor Parker Sapia is on and she, they all, both of them have been on a lot of times. And so I asked them to be on the show because I think that they have a great sense of what is going on in the world. Not only are they really great writers, they also are interesting human beings because they have I learned from them and I'm so happy that I met them and I live in Chicago and none of none of the people really on my show I very few people come in on my shows from Chicago so I've been lucky to meet people all over and I've been watching Facebook and I've been I guess oh, I'm not going to scroll down but as I scroll down I see a lot of sadness and a lot of people don't understand what's going on and they're upset and they're alone and so I think today we're going to try to bring all of us together so we can understand exactly what happened and I'm going to introduce Jack and Eleanor they can talk for a few seconds and um, if you have any questions you can call in at 714-242-5259 or the chat room is open and we will try to get to questions but um, right now I'm going to introduce Eleanor how are you Eleanor I'm I'm hanging in there, Marcia. Yep, I know. I know. It's I'm. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I before and I also want to say, Jack, thank you also, and thank you to all those that are listening. And we do wish everybody a speedy recovery that is in the hospital or they know people. And I think by now most of us know people. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then Jack will be on. Okay. You want me to start, or do you want Eleanor to start? Eleanor can just Eleanor. Eleanor, you want to just start? Sure, sure. Hi, Jack. How you doing? I'm, uh, good. I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Happy to happy to talk to both of you. Can I? Um, well, excuse me. Can I butt in here? Can I? Can you guys hear me? I hear a lot of echo. Yes. Yeah. I can hear. Fine. Yeah. There's no. I don't hear You're an fine. echo. I did. Okay. I did last week from my show from some. You know from. Interference, but I don't hear anything. I, everything is fine. No, sounds mind. good. 
sounds Everybody good. Everybody sounds good. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. All Marcia, right. I'm well, gonna I'm gonna hang up and call you back. All right. On the other I phone. Okay. Fine. Okay. Well. All right. Okay, fine. All right. All right. Well, okay. I'm a Puerto Rican a Puerto Rican born writer. I'm the author of A Decent Woman, which was my debut novel, which is set in 1900 Puerto Rico. Um, it's published by Winter Goose Publishing. I'm a mother of two adult children. My daughter is a mental health therapist who lives and works in Northern Virginia. And my son lives in Bangkok, Thailand, with his girlfriend. They've been there uh, going on a little more than two years now. And he works for a Thai company who also works for uh, the Thai CDC. So he's had a lot, both of them have given a lot of different perspectives to what is going on. Um, I currently live in Berkeley County, West Virginia, and I'm working on my second novel, The Lament, which is set in 1927, Puerto Rico. And this is uh, still working and trying to stay focused. This is not easy. <laughs> not no, easy. I, that's the other thing. We will talk about that also. Okay, Jack, are you back on? I am. Can you All right, hear good. me now? Okay. All right. Yes, we can. Yes. Yes. Okay, Jack, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and try to give us more background on than you usually do. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, let's uh, talk about a more, uh, let's talk about how you got to this place. Just a little a little so people know place. how right. what you've really done. Okay. All right. Well, let me start with the <laughs> writing and work backwards. You know, I've been writing most of my life. Um I have a bunch of novels out and some poetry and short stories. And a lot of one thing that a lot of my friends don't even know is that for about eight years, I wrote um, every quarter, every three months, I wrote a 50-page uh, novella for a little magazine in Youngstown, Ohio, called Pig Iron. And oh. um, that was one that was one of the great experiences in my life because it taught me as a writer how to write under a deadline, but also to keep a long storyline flowing because mm. I tried to connect all of those uh, those stories. Well, actually, the way that came about is I had written a little novel sort of out of the blue called um, The Stolen House, and I sent it off to Jim Villani, who was a publisher of Pig Iron, and he said, well, this reads almost like uh, my you know, what we're doing here at Pig Iron. Why don't you get on our board and so I went on the board and became an editor and uh, <laughs> and uh, wrote these crazy uh quarterly uh, <laughs> uh pieces for the for the it was a lot of fun and and that sort of extended my writing range to go beyond I, I guess what I'm thinking is that I tried to always go beyond what I knew to step off the cliff into the abyss and, and just keep going and see how far I'd fall. And mm. so I, I met I met a number of really interesting writers in that process. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a field here, but one of the most interesting people that I came across was a publisher at, at Coffee Town Press named Catherine Treadgold, who herself was a singer, an artist, a novelist, a number of other things. She sort of really liked my writing and sent me a note one day and said, I'll publish everything you write. <laughs> wow. Open in, open in like that, it was right. kind of yeah. hard to refuse. But before that came across, I was actually writing with a guy named Robert Ray, 
a pretty okay. well-known mystery novelist who had written a really fine how-to book called The Weekend Novelist. And he and I teamed up to write a book called The Weekend Novelist Writes a Mystery. Once we got that out, then I started focusing on my own novel writing. And in the process of you know discovering who I was as a writer, I came into contact with a novelist named Dennis Must, who has written some of the most fascinating novels I have ever read. Um, uh, He's very interesting. I hope he can come on the show again. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of times my shows, when you're on, Jack, you've always introduced me to some wonderful people. So I think that that's what, that's for me, such an interesting part of knowing you is I've met Eleanor and I've met many others. And, you know, and everybody respects you. So, and, you know, um, you write a lot of things online that nobody else would. So um, that is who you are. That is who you are, and you inform people. It's not your opinion. You're informing people about what other people are saying, so we become more informed, and that is a good thing. You're not writing anything about what they're saying. You're explaining to us of what we need to listen to. Which is why well, I think that, you're. Marcia, isn't that a big part of being a writer? And haven't we, yeah. as a nation, sort of forgotten that? Wait a minute, we're not all experiencing the same thing. So what can right. I learn from this other exactly. person? That's and right. So I, That's right. Yeah, I think. But you know what's that, interesting about right now? But right now, because of the COVID, right now we are a lot of us in the same boat, and yep. I think we're on an even more even keel than we've ever been on because we kind of all understand this because we're all in this. Maybe we're in different states, but we all mm-hmm. know this is something that is real. Yeah. Yeah. And we're and all we're facing all it. Different ways. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think. True. Uh Jack? Well, you know, Jack, you're not, Jack wanted, you're yeah, Jack had some uh I think that Jack wanted to talk about several points because that's why you're on the show, Jack. Well, you, you have your own agenda. So do you want to... <laughs> All right, well, so wanna, now everybody, right. knows, everybody knows who I am. But exactly. let me tell you what I've discovered about myself as, as, in the, as a result of being confined the way we are. Um, because I'm more online than I have been in the past, I've come into contact with a number of thinkers and writers uh, who may not have written novels or great essays or anything, but I have met some of the most enlightened, politically aware, uh, insightful people online that, you know, you just, unless you can dig into it, you don't know they are. So I want to name three people that I have come into contact with who've helped expand my vision of what's actually going on out here in this pandemic world. First is a guy named Larry Hitchcock, who lives in Oklahoma. His his political awareness is so sharp that you could take off his Facebook posts and put them in the Atlantic. I mean, <laughs> they're that good. And another guy living in California is named Stephen Hochman, and he is so on top of everything that's going on. He writes these long, wonderful things. And the third person is a woman, of course, I have not met her except online, is Yosanda Tabor. And her critiques are always so succinct and to the point that it just gives me great joy to know 
that even though I'm up here in the northwest corner hidden in Seattle from the rest of the world, there are other people out there forming a community that I can mm. actually feel not just at home in, but a community that can help me grow to expand my vision as a writer. That's what I think I'm benefiting from at this point. See, I think that's moment. one of the things what Facebook, that's what Facebook has done, introducing people to people that we would never have ever met. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah I'm it is. The same thing. Yeah, I'm finding the same thing. I mean, the, the initial reason to be on, on Facebook, Twitter, or, or Instagram was really to promote the book and, and do the marketing right. that we, you know, we have to do like our part-time job and write full-time but then it's it's been hard to find like a tribe and that's the only word I can think of right now and from I would say from 2016 on forward that's that's been my experience as well that I've I've now met people through Facebook um, and Instagram who who are you know they're great thinkers and they're and they're teaching me as well they're right. just sharing things, and they're and they're being very honest and genuine, and right. that's such a, a, a relief and and a it just is very calming to know that you know I'm not the only one out here who's like shaking with anger. You know what I mean? Like there are other people that are going through that um, and frustration and feeling of you know what can I do? What's going to happen next? So it's really good. Um, to to read others others and, and like Jack said these are beautiful posts that you know I I hope they will see the light of day because I remember fantastic writers um, but yeah. yeah it's been great to share with them and and I'm not one to to uh, get on Facebook messaging um, I don't email a lot of people I mean I really focus on writing but I found that I I very much appreciate hearing from people. Um, who have a lot to say, have a lot yeah. to say. Yeah, I, I think that, that know, is something the, that, yeah. go ahead. Know, one of the things that I've noticed is that in this time, this is a this is a very emotional and I think anxiety-producing time. It's, it's a very mm. pointed thing that's happening. And yet, in spite of all the horrible things that are happening politically and medically and culturally, there are people mm-hmm. in those places who write the funniest things. I mean, it's like humor. <laughs> humor has doing yeah. a resurgence now, and it's yeah. it's wonderful to flip on the you know the Facebook or the Instagram or whatever it is and find some these really you know funny funny things. I I just love it you know because it sort of lifts. Well, it really does because when you're on and you're scrolling down and all of a sudden you like hear something or you, you know, or you just, you know, you you have to turn the speaker on to hear it, to hear the music or to whatever, and it is funny. So then all of a sudden you find yourself laughing. Even five minutes ago you might have been very upset about something you saw on the news. This way you're Mm -hmm. releasing and you hear that happiness. And so the good thing is we all still have that in us. So we do. We, do. You know, we haven't lost that yet, I, you know, and that's on, that's on one Twitter, of the things. Mm-hmm, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's um, okay. On Twitter, on Twitter, there's wonderful there are wonderful memes and and very creative, funny, funny people out there. It's it's just I find myself just making copies of what I see because it's it's incredible how how creative people are, and it's almost like Seinfeld. I remember people describing Seinfeld as 
Well, yeah, he's funny, but he writes about everyday things. And, and that I think is that's funny. what people right. Yeah. Right. Well, what exactly. I'm saying is I see a resurgence of gallows humor. You know, we haven't yeah. had good gallows humor for a long time. And suddenly there are these really you know, cryptic things creeping in, and people are just so aware of what's going on, and they're not afraid to pinpoint it and say, this is the Byronic guffaw. We're all in this mess, this existential mess. But what are we going to do about it? Well, let's laugh. <laughs> And let's try to help each other, right? And, you know, somebody, when I was talking to one of my friends before, and then I was taught, making a few phone calls today, the, mo- the most important thing that really what I would like people to hear from this show is you have to stay safe. I mean, and that is what people are concerned about the fact that everybody isn't staying home. Like, I'm in Chicago, we're home, I, you know, and New mm-hmm. Yorkers are home. And Indiana, mm-hmm. I think they're home, too. And I think um, California's home, you know, and we, the people that are staying home really would like everybody else to stay home too because this way we can maybe get something where, you know, something going on here where we will at least stop people, but we also have to have the testing. So those are the two things that people are wanting yeah. is testing and right. and isolation, even though and now Eleanor, you mentioned before you are alone. You you uh, yeah. You wanted to yeah. talk about that for a second. I know you that was something yeah, important. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear that too about how your life as a as a woman living alone. You know, yeah. how do you feel about women in in this mess mm-hmm. that we're in? What what's going on? Well, gosh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll start. <laughs> We have time. We have time. Yeah. Well, I, I think for the first thing is I I I divorced. I'm divorced since 2007, and I moved to West Virginia from the D.C. area in 2010. So I've lived alone since 2010, and I and I wrote full time. I'm still very very happy to be able to to say that I'm still writing full time. Um, and it's 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 a daily struggle. It's a daily struggle to to keep my you know, emotional, mental, physical balance, and to remain positive. And that's, and I'm a very positive person, but I'm also a realist, and I'm an empath. Yeah. So these, these things are very difficult um, for me because I take on, and my kids will tell me, Mom, relax, you don't have to think about, you know, the nth degree of what's going to happen. But that's my nature. Yeah. So I, well, I, I, think, every, I think everybody in the back of their mind is thinking what's going to happen. You know, I do exactly. think that. Even if they're not True. saying it, they're thinking it. I think so, too. So I do struggle with that, and I've I've always been a person that doesn't like, I just don't enjoy routine. But I'm finding that living yeah. alone, mm-hmm. I don't have anyone to bounce things off of. I don't have anyone to give me, you know, like advice, like, you know, you should buy two cans of tuna instead of, you know, <laughs> or ten instead of two, or have you thought about this, have you thought about that? So I'm having to do a lot of thinking, like, to prepare myself. Is my home prepared? Do I have enough water? You know, and and living alone and after raising children, I've been, for 10 years, I've only really, because my children are adults and they're doing their own thing in the world, wonderful things, I haven't had to think of much other than to, to take care of myself and to, you know, keep writing. Um, so that's been a real real stretch because I don't like routine. So now I do have a routine, 
and it's uh, it's a morning routine that I that I do every morning. I stretch, pray, meditate, let the dog out, uh, make coffee, and I journal. And journaling and writing and keeping up with my blogs um, has really been helpful because, and I'm a longtime lover of journaling and I follow the artist's way. I facilitated five groups. I'm currently facilitating the fifth. Um, so I'm, I love that. So that keeps me grounded. And it, so it, and once I put down my fears and what's going on and how many, you know, the death toll, whatever comes to my mind, because it's all in there and I have to get it out, yeah. that's what I do. Well, I uh, write it out. Eleanor, do you, think, do you think that there is an awakening taking place here as to, you know, what it means to be a woman living alone in this culture at this time, in this great time of threat? Are people beginning to understand why women are reacting the way they are to all of the horrid things that, and I'm going to use this advisedly, that men have done to them through time? You know, the Me Too movement should mm. be gaining a lot of momentum right now. I wonder, is yeah. it? I, I don't have any connections there. You know, because I live alone and I don't have a lot of outside contact other than my children, my sister, my stepmom. Um, my stepmom is alone and my sister's alone as well. So the three of us as single women, you know, do speak about that. And how do we keep ourselves, you know, safe? And, and uh, it's funny because I live in West Virginia and my neighbors down the street, who are a very kind, married couple in their 70s, uh, came to my house, arrived with a gift. She 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 didn't come in. We met in the yard, and she said, I just have something for you that, that I feel is going to make me feel better about you living alone. And you know what it was? What? It, it was a 357 Magnum. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. Well, that, oh, that, is yeah. inter- that is something I've not heard on this show before. Oh, my well, gosh. Well, that's. that's that's the truth, and I have known them for ten years. They're lovely, and they've always, you know, watched out for me. Oh my God! But that that was when, and I hadn't really, because I've never been afraid of living alone or anything. And then when that, when she put it on the out the outside table with with a box of bullets, I thought, Oh my God! What the hell? Like I couldn't believe it. And that's when I started <sighs> thinking. That. So I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, that that might do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that definitely did it. So I think that... Go ahead. Okay, Jack, 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 are you expecting that answer? Oh, that's a lovely answer. You know, that (laughs) that is exactly what I was trying to get to because the only way that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, that the other side can think Mm -hmm. to be safe is to have a gun. They don't think right. except exactly. in violent terms, you see. Right. And I think exactly. that that's very, very powerful for a woman to to have that happen to her. You know, I what do you really do with this? Right. You know, what do you do with this thing? Can I go back I, to that <laughs> other thing that you were talking about? Was that, Marcia, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the lack of focus that we have right now. Well, that right. We that is, right, we, right. You know, right. I think people are losing focus sometimes, let's, especially let's in writing. Let's explore that a little bit, yeah. Okay. Believe me, I always have something to say about every subject. <laughs> no, you know, look, I think that, you know, as writers, you know, and I'm, you know, um, I'm, 
you know, right now I think there's, which I think is a good thing because there's no school for the kids and whatever. I have, you know, I'm on Smashwords now and on Draft2Digital they're giving different bargains and so people, like, for their kids, you know, I mean, so, and then I think to myself, well, I have five children's books, so I'm going to be putting them back on Smashwords and then I'll offer them free because they have to be learning and I'm thinking should I write another children's book and then I go well like I don't know if I really want to write another children's book this is what I you know and I'm going and I'm thinking all right concentrate and I'm thinking like I used to be able to write a poem one two three and just do it and then I go I don't want to do it and then I start to then I'll write my other story and I go like I really need to do this and then I go oh fine I think I'll do the laundry now because my mind I write notes constantly Mm -hmm. about my characters but and then I sit down and then for some reason it's just sometimes I could sit for a little bit, but otherwise I'm starting to do something else. So I'm working on concentrating myself, and I'm certain that people out there have the same. They don't even know what they want to write because in the back of my head I'm going like, oh, I'm, what, what if it, nobody will, I won't even get it published now because look where we are in this world, and then why am I writing? Why am I not doing something else? Why am I not just relaxing? You know, I'm not Eleanor, great on relaxing. are you getting, you getting some of that? Are you, do you feel that is happening to you? You know, I wrote this just, just before we went on air. Uh, let's see if I can read it. It says, I no longer entertain nagging thoughts of how my book will be received. Surviving this deadly <laughs> virus has, has, re, has what? Has uh, revived or renewed my zest for life and sharing my books with readers. So that kind of worry, like, oh, I wonder yeah. what's going to Yeah, I don't care anymore. (laughs) I know. Me neither. That's why, for me, I'm just like going, fine, you want a free book? Here it is. You know, if the kids, because I don't care. It's not, it can't be for me right now about money. It never really was. But I think for a lot of people out there, you know, and then in the back of my head, I go, just write. And I do talk to my, I do. I go like, just write. And I'm thinking like, you know, you're looking at movies, you're seeing things. I love screenwriting. I'm thinking to myself, these aren't even that great, these movies. And I'm thinking, well, just write. And so I think in my mind now, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write and not worry about it because I think that. This is the best time for people to really write because we actually yes. can't go anywhere. Right, right. You know, how, you know how everybody's saying, they always say, oh, if I had time to write. Well, they do have time to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my group, um, uh, not this one, the, the group before, there were a lot of, um, and, I, and I only had women. I don't know why men didn't join the group, but it was all women. <laughs> Um, and then the biggest concern for them was, well, I don't like being alone. How do you stay alone? How do you sit alone? How do you sit with your thoughts? And my son and I were talking about that on Sunday, how if I'm, people will just say, well, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, I don't know what am I going to do with myself with all this time on my hands. Right. And yeah. I think that a lot of people now are forcibly having to sit with their thoughts if they, you know, if, yeah. if they maybe they live with a, you know, even with a family, there has to be some alone time. Yeah, because you know why? It's such a fast-paced, right, it's a fast-paced world and nobody ever had time to sit and think about, oh, do I really like what I'm doing or not? Jack, how are you doing? Exactly, with this? exactly. Jack? Well, okay, i got two things going on. Um, well, many, many but two things that I want to focus on that I'm having trouble focusing on. So I don't think that the focus problem is is 
confined to women. Or I think that men at this time have to ask themselves, how in the world are we living in this universe where this dolt, and I'm using that not as, you know cautiously at all, but that dolt is living in the White House direct, directing our lives now to towards a death sentence. And I say to myself, are men still thinking that this is a good guy? Okay, that's one thing that's on my mind. The other mm-hmm. thing that's on my mind is, as I try to write, I'm, I'm rewriting a novel called No Century. No, excuse me, No, No Century for Apologies. I can't even remember the title. I get so focused. Anyway, <laughs> unfocused. so I'm rewriting a novel, and at the same time, I'm I'm reading a first draft of one of Dennis's novels called McLeish, McLeish Square. I, mm. I find that I can only read a chapter at a time and my mind flips out. You know, yeah. so yeah. my I, question yeah. then is, is the de- see, I sort of pride myself on a certain attention to detail in the writing and sentences and stuff like that. And I find in trying to rewrite No Century for Apologies, I can do a couple pages and then I think, oh, what is that? People are just, <laughs> I know, right. I write See, that in? It, right, what am right, I going, you know? Right. And I just, yeah. get, I just get flustered and get up and go have a cup of tea. So right. my, See, that's, deep, uh, deep in my uh, mind is this, is this thing yep. either yeah. forcing us to create in a new way or is it stifling our creativity? Now, with uh, that in mind, okay, go ahead. I, you know, that's my rant for the moment. <laughs> but that's so well, true. It is, and I'm experiencing yeah. the same thing. Um, what I started doing because I, I could not, for two weeks, I could, I couldn't write. I could read. I could edit my work, yeah. which is what the point that I'm at now. But to to write was very difficult. And I and I to get back to writing, I started setting a timer which is what Jack taught me a long time ago when you had your, um, the uh, what was it called, your your group in, in Seattle, your writing group? Mm-hmm. What was it called? Well, I'm not in it anymore. Uh, it's oh, been okay. dissolved, you know. But, yes, historically that's a very important process. Yeah. That, that has helped a lot, just setting the timer for 30 minutes and sitting down knowing that there's an end and then I can focus, you know, then I can – Either yeah. sweat everything else, or you know, or watch the numbers. Yeah, because right, because sometimes when you're writing, you know, I uh, found myself doing. You know, I, I know these characters that I'm writing. I've done them before, but because uh, it's part of a series kind of thing. But the thing is, is that I know them, but I'm finding, you know, where let's say I have a character now. I took her over the border and I mentioned immigration and I started going into that and I thought like I never thought of that before as my character you know for what happened to her and so because of a lot of things that happened politically your brain does somewhere in your brain you become a different person whether we like it or not and in our writing style you think of different things that weren't part of what you ever thought of before it's just things that are happening around us so I'm sure mm-hmm. that people will someday after this is over and everybody is fine, hopefully, that, that this mm-hmm. will be a part of things because this is a part of life now, and we are all in it. And some, a I, lot of people have can, said to me, I, I wish this was a I dream. Can something? Can yeah. I interject something along Always. this point? Yes. I'm going to yeah. read you some names, all right? 
Boccaccio, Marguerite de Navarre, Chaucer, Edgar Allan Poe, and Albert Camus. What do they all have yep. in common? They were writing about plague years. So, in fact, yeah. we can't ignore this time. No. Right, but right, the no. question as a writer is whether to attack it as a cultural problem or a political one. Mm-hmm. You know, because the processes are all the same. If you look at the Boccaccio de Cameron, it actually crumbs out of a time when people were fleeing the cities to go to the country to escape the plague. And what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're saying, stay in home, don't go out. Don't let any right. intruders come in. Keep your distance. All that is the language that we have consistently used for the last 600 years to to defend mm. ourselves about in in plague times. You know, Although, but if you if you look at it the way of political, you can't. In some ways, it would be better if we can all look at it not as political and as human beings, because yeah. we are all mm. in this together, and it shouldn't matter right now what party you're in. It should matter what people are, are dying and people are getting sick. And, however, people are getting well. That's the good thing. You know, not everybody yeah. is dying. So I think we have mm-hmm. to focus on that and not focus politically, but we need to get this job done right. Regardless of what mm-hmm. party they're in, it needs to be done the right way. And probably by starting to use more cultures, you know, culturing people's throats and noses, whatever, you know, whatever they need to do, because that's what has to be done. You have to know who has it. And then isolation, because and then we can all resume life. It's not going to be the same. I don't think any of us will be the same. You know, that's just how it is. It can't be the same. Yes, I and think we'll come out with different I thoughts. Keep, I keep hearing that. Will we come out on the other side better for it, or more entrenched in our isolating views? You know, if we take the political mm-hmm. stance, well, the man in the White House is doing his best to isolate us from the rest of the world. But internally, mm-hmm. we're seeing ourselves responding to one another, you know, and saying, "Can I help you? Is there anything I can do?" I think people will come out of it better. I think people will. At the end of the road, I I think they'll come out better. You do? I do. Yes. Yes. Are you an optimist? Is the glass half full or half empty? Yes. Uh, Well, I look at things a certain way only because that's probably the way I can get through things because otherwise once you stop doing that, then you become depressed. Right. Right. You know, and this yeah. is a time when, like Eleanor, you mentioned mm-hmm. your daughter was in public in health services. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. and this is yeah, this is what these, this is what's going to happen later because it is mm-hmm. isolating to people. You can be in a it house is. filled with people and they can still feel mm-hmm. isolated. Yeah, it's true. Now it's it's funny because well, to go back to um, my novel, if I may, the, the yeah. my current work in progress. Takes uh, the the setting is a is a leprosarium on an on an island that's five miles off the coast of of Puerto Rico, which really did have leprosarium. It started out as a wow. quarantine, center. and I started this book in 2016. Wow! And so everything that's going on now is not. Yeah. I don't believe it's going to change my style. I don't believe it's going to change me as a writer. Because mm-hmm. I tend to go, I tend to be more attracted to stories that are, um, yeah, kind of a little, a little tragic, a little on the tragic side, yeah. a little challenging. 
And so I think with the characters I have, I have a young novice nun who's extremely idealistic, who sails to this island. She volunteers, and she'll be working with an American doctor and a Spaniard who's a a priest, a friar. So, and with lepers on the island, everything that's going on right now, I'm absorbing and putting it into the book because... Now I understand when I would say something silly like, you know, she was fearful. Well, Jesus, yeah. I have a new, I have a new understanding what fearfulness what that means. means. Exactly right, right, <laughs> exactly. and that, that's what I think your writing will be now. It will be the same as you wrote, but different. The same. You're going down the path, but you also have learned. So now your characters will experience when they're experiencing it. You've already now. You, in, when you didn't think you would be experiencing anything like that, you are. So your characters will exactly. be better. I think they'll be more, hopefully, more realistic and more yeah. genuine, yeah. and uh, yeah. not just you know like little caricatures of, of 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 characters. I think they're, I think that's one thing that will come out of this is a richer writing, a more, I mean, I can't even think of how to describe it beautifully, but just richer stories and more yeah. genuineness and less fear of of writing like for for example I couldn't write a romance right now if you paid me I I can't, I couldn't cuz I I can't, That's funny. I can't. <laughs> yeah I I can't yeah. I can't that's the last thing on my mind is thinking about you know a romance and there was a romance in this book and I thought about it but I thought Jesus I can't go there you might be able to let me jump in here and ask and ask a question now all right has this experience that we're in right now changed your own self-perception with respect to immortality and mortality and living and lying and loving and death? No, not for yeah. me. No. Not yet? No. Well, okay, well, no, I'm I don't 79. think so. No. I'm 79 now, and every time we, Helen and I talk about should we go shopping, she says you can't go out. Why not? Because you're the you're the age group that is most susceptible to getting the virus. So what it has mm-hmm. done is changed my perception of my 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 person in time and space, and my willingness to accept the possibility of dying. And it well, yeah. a serious well, question. Well, you know what? Medically, you know, I'm looking at it purely like medically exactly. because medically, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in their 50s, in their 40s, and there are teenagers. There are younger people mm. getting this. So at the beginning, when this is because mm. it's, they call it a novel virus, the, they didn't know about it. But the fact of the matter is, when they are finding out about it, all of these kids that were out partying and dancing and whatever, thinking nothing can happen. Well, this is not true. So it brings it to reality where it doesn't matter what age. I mean, there's, look, when you go into a nursing home, I, I, do, I have had many people in my family in a nursing home, visited every day to a nursing home. And so that is really, in my opinion, not the best example of what could happen because, honestly, any virus that goes through a nursing home is mm-hmm. very deadly. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. this virus or another one. Because I remember many mm-hmm. times when my mother would say to me, "Don't come in. Don't come today." You know. So I would pick out her clothes, which I always did because she cared about what she wore. I picked out her clothes. I'd go Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, because she'd say, "Don't come in here." And because it 
goes through a nursing home very fast. And so that is not really, when you're looking at it, this is what happens in a nursing home. We're looking at only that sometimes, but it's everywhere now. I mean, in the Mardi Gras, when people were enjoying themselves and the mayor came on and the governor, they had no idea. So this is was the problem. Had people have known, then all of those people that were at that Mardi Gras and susceptible to it are going to get it. Yeah. But it's Can not an age group let anymore. Let me interrupt yeah, something yeah, on this. it's not an age group. Okay, this is something where the gallows humor is showing up, and it's really wonderful. That that video or whatever it was about that gathering uh, showed up, and somebody said, you know, this minister is going to have all these people get together in spite of the call for separation. And somebody right. writes, aha, the rapture begins. <laughs> I, You know, I just love it. You know, mm. when people find a point of humor in all of this. Yeah. yeah. So, you anyway. know, however, you know, this is going to get better. This is going to get better. I mean, people are going to get better. And, you know, but right now, I think for people, if they just try to follow some of the rules and, you know, that they've set and guidelines, it can help. But we all have mm-hmm. to do it. And that's the problem. We're all not doing it. And if everybody does it, we can do this quicker. That's just the way uh, it is. Marsha, um, Eleanor, are you? Are you um, okay, Steve Hochman is actually on Facebook, and I've suggested that he call in. And okay, fine. He, okay. Uh, oh, know, do, do we have space for for Stephen? Yes, we do. But just let ask him just his area. If he calls right now, I'll put him right in. Put him on you right know, now. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I think he's listening, but I'll write him a note. Just a minute. Uh, yeah, just tell him to call. You know, that, I mean, so I think that I do think people will be, you know, uh, functioning just as we did before, but there will be parts of us in our mind mm-hmm. thinking, what yeah. if? That that can't change. That probably won't change oh, for people definitely. because I think this definitely. is so, this is such a huge amount of people that are losing their lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, here he is. Let me. I agree. Okay. Hello. Hi. It's Marsha. Who's this? Hi, Steve. Hey. Yeah, hey, Marsha. There's, uh, there's a little bit of a time. Bill. Oh, is it people talking behind? Yeah. Nope, we're not talking. It's hard for me not to talk, but I'm, I'm not talking. I'll let you talk. Jack, do you oh, want to ask? Do you want to talk? Like Steven, a Jack. Steven. second delay. Yes. Okay, Steve, Hi. you were listening Welcome to, to the this show. whole thing. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Jack, go ahead. You were this whole thing. Uh, right, let, me guys, get... let, me, let me do this. I'm going to shut off my uh, – here, because it's confused. There you go. Now I can oh, yeah, talk. you can yeah. shut it off. Then you won't hear anything. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. How you doing? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi, well, Thank Steve. you. The show's fantastic. It's great listening to, you know, self-sustained writers. I mean, that's a level of success that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, every writer like, at that level should have uh, pride in. I mean, so it's it's great to hear you guys. Oh, thank, thank you. you. All I right, think, so I, Jack, I know Jack has a question probably. Jack, you want to – Jack, you can talk. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I, <laughs> t- Stephen, tell us about yourself. That's on the show Marsha likes to know who who her, her guests are. So tell us about yes. yourself and how well, you got I, to be I, uh, such a wonderful writer. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Well, I I, uh, I was born in, in Brooklyn, New York, in 1968. I grew up in New Jersey. I went to school in uh, Michigan, went to grad school in Boston. Uh, came out to California because I wanted to make movies. I mean, I think movies are amazing. 
Um, Me too. I love them. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible. And and I personally, I'm feeling more and more confident. I'm actually working with somebody. uh, He wanted me to kind of, I'm trying to help him structure a movie. I said, look, I'm not a, you know, uh, I'll try to get this to somebody that I can get it to, but I want to help clean this up because he has all these great stories and it's actually, it's interesting because it's about the Holocaust. And I think there's a lot of those themes coming back right now because yeah. we are in the, I, I wrote a book. I, you probably don't know this, but I, I wrote a Holocaust survivor story. Uh, yeah. I did uh, not know Lewis. It's awesome. called to life. Yeah. Uh, so yes, That's definitely. And I mean, it, the, those it, stories it, yeah. are so okay. important, really important. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, like, I think, you know, I mean, you guys are all talking about it, your work that you're doing right now, which is interesting to me, because some of it, you know, somebody might come into this conversation, well, that has nothing to do with what's going on today, but it, it is, it's completely symbolically what's going on. That's how your yeah. imagination, as a writer's, and you can't help, but if I throw water on you, you're going to get wet. So, you know, everybody mm. is, whether they yeah. realize they're doing it or not, it's seeping through your writing as artists. I mean, that's what you do. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if anybody 20 years from now reads anything you've written, they're going to oh, that was written during that Trump period. I mean, this is, you look at how that seeped through. I, yeah. I mean, I put a post on the other day about um, once, <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood, right, which I've seen for the third time the other night, I love Tennessee. I love it. Oh, yes, I, I love that movie. I thought it was the best. He, I love that movie. Did you really? It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, he's just so fun. But the thing about it was that I realized through I, – I put, I put a post out, and Jack might be referring to it, but I put a post out about how, to me personally, when he put out Inglorious Bastards, that was, to me, as a Jew, I felt like this is a wet dream for Jews. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what this movie is about. It's a fantasy yeah. with a revenge yeah. fantasy. Wouldn't this be well, he's a very different that? writer. You're right. There's nobody like him. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Let's just, so listen to this. So then he comes out with Django Unchained, which to me was a yeah. wet dream for black people, right? And, and a lot of my African-American <laughs> friends, you know, when I bring that idea to them, they laugh and they go, you know what, that's true because it's a, it's a revenge yeah. fantasy for black folks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. black people getting back at the fucking, you know, white, you yeah. know, there's a plantation owner that, that, that's enslaved them, right? And yeah. so, mm-hmm. you know, now it, it's – so – and, you know, I don't know if this was just a fantasy or, or I just had a dream about it or whatever, but when I saw the movie, you know, for the third time, it was clicking into me, and I was like, wow, this is this is a cult. That's what we're, we were taking into – I think some people were kind of thrown mm-hmm. off because they thought we were going to be watching a movie about the Manson murders, and obviously right. I don't want to give it away, but – there's twists in the story. There's reality and there's area. You know, so, right, right. But, but that is, you know, that is how he writes. Amazing. But you know, at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. you know, most people are probably that are going to see it saw it already. But the fact of the matter is, to even because wouldn't we like to right now wake up and change what's happening? Like yes, you know, can, I, well, can I butt uh, in here for just a minute? Yeah, one of the things yeah. that that I like about one this conversation and two Stephen's mind is it shows me that we have not all been numbed down to the nub by the political situation. There are people out there who are thinking critically, constructively, metaphorically, mm-hmm. imagistically. Yeah. Uh, I'm really enheartened by that. I have to tell you that until yeah. I read Stephen's analysis of the metaphors in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I thought, my God, nobody sees anything below the words ever. Well, right. <laughs> but no, there but it I was. Think, I think, when people, done, I think it's great when people write things like that because that's how he writes, Quentin. He is a person that you mm-hmm. do not know what he's you, – you're never – no one's going to yep. be like him. He has totally very unusual style exactly. that – 
takes you Brilliant. to a place that you go at the end of the movie, you go like, oh, my God. I mean, to because yeah, yeah. you could watch that whole movie and you don't see it coming ever. Right. It's so original. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that's, but that's, the, that's the point is, is, is it, it like, so if you, if you see that movie, what I was seeing was, you know, first of all, some really prevalent, you know, truths here, which is, you know, first of all, the, if you saw the movie, you know, it's, who, who joins this cult is, is the innocent, the girl, the, who's in, in history in, liter, in, in, in literary, you know, in literary history, you get the innocent girl, right? And the innocent girl mm-hmm. wanders into the, the cult. And, and we, first of all, yeah. the, when we first meet this, the, the first girl, she is amazing, right? She, she's attractive to Brad Pitt. We, we like her. Yeah. We want to see them get together kind of. But she's young, and it's kind of like the, the, the forbidden apple, and it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. Adam and Eve, and all that stuff's happening right there. But it's, mm-hmm. and she is very sexual, and she's very playful. And so that's, first of all, that's interesting. I've been noticing that, too, is the blowjob, right? There's two, there's two <laughs> times where that movie is, is, talks about blowjobs, and it's when she first meets Brad Pitt and wants to have sex with him, right? And, and most women are probably watching this and they're attracted to him. And of course, this is if you're gonna, this is a sexual, this is an attractive man. Of, we, of course, if you have that, if you're young, you'd be attracted to this man. Why? That's a natural instinct, and you're, and the audience is okay. We're okay with that, right? But later, blowjob is thrown out. Later, from the woman who, this, this is the symbol was Brian, Bruce Dern. So, so after you get into this cult and and you finally go to the top, and and what's the ultimate symbol here is this. This older man who has been used by this cult, he's, he's so used up, he's literally blind, right? And, he, and, yeah. and the way that she keeps him at bay is with a blowjob. So she manipulates him with it. The first blowjob was a genuine blowjob. The, set, the last can one was about back, the manipulation of this can man. I go back with that, to another, so, can I go back yeah. to another point? You know, the whole, <laughs> one of the things we were poking around was, is are women reacting differently to the status that we're in now? And uh, Eleanor's Eleanor's comments, I thought, were worth a book in and of themselves. You know, you could write a book about the things she just said. How are you seeing it? Are you in? You're in L.A., right? How are you yeah. seeing the role of women developing in the subculture called L.A.? What's going uh, look, on? There? Women, women, and black people are going to save us today. If if it's going to happen, if humanity is literally going to be saved, and I hate to say it. Like I'm a drama queen, but yeah. I mean, look. The reason why I look. The reason why <laughs> yeah. I, this cat matters to me so much is 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 one thing. There's only one issue. Like, I mean, Jack hears me. He sees me rant about all these different things. Um, but I don't. I don't. I want to. I want to. I want to bring a fight to one issue, and that one issue is the survival of biology. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, humanity's ability to survive on planet Earth is literally threatened, and we know it. That's part of. Whether people want to admit it or not, they know it. We know it on a fundamental level. We see things being taken. I mean, anybody who's been on this planet for longer than 20 years has seen a change in yeah. what winter does and what summer does and what this is. And, and you've seen things enough that have scared you to the bone, to the core, to the human, to your humanity, right? So we, and now, here's the good news is that climate change is man-made. That's the fucking good news to this whole thing. <laughs> Well, the whole I'm thing is right. I, I, there are so many different I'm, opinions I'm, I'm and everything, and I do think people will start. They will start. 
thinking about different things. Because, you know, I think the fact that everybody always figured, okay, you can go in the store and buy something all the time and you won't be standing in line and you can just go as you please. You can go to Starbucks. You can walk around with a cup of coffee and go into the grocery store and do whatever you want. And now people are going, this is like where they go for their entertainment now. It's like, okay, fine, I'm going to go to the grocery store and that's what we'll do today. And then you come home right. and you go, okay, now for three days we won't go out anymore because there's, we can't go to the grocery store now. And then you see on Facebook people say in the grocery stores people are just going to, like the, let's say there's a Starbucks in the grocery store. The same they, they I read this a few of these already. The people are walking around drinking their coffee like nothing happened. Now well, where are well, they? Still, I mean you're supposed to, to leave. Same, you're not supposed to stay there. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look. In a way, it's almost like being dazed after getting hit by a car. Some, you know, for some people, it's kind of. There's so yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, we can look at the individual level and we can see. But people are scared. They know what the hell to do. The, the bottom right. line is that there, there's solutions in place. And and you know, it was interesting what Jack was talking about before about how he's going to write history. He's going. I forgot exactly what you said, Jack. But you said that you can take it from kind of a cultural perspective or you can take it from a political perspective. Political. And mm-hmm. and I was wondering where you guys were going to go with all that stuff. But, you know, it's, I mean, look, the, the positive thing about this is that we have a chance. That's the thing. We're getting up to the plate. November's coming around, okay? So something mm-hmm. is going to happen. And we have a chance to strike out or hit a home run or whatever it's going to be. I mean, first of all, as far as I'm concerned, it's, we walk, it's a win. I mean, it was just, bottom line is, don't strike out and get rid of this. I'm sorry. I'm, excuse me, but I can't I know find a coming. different word to use. <laughs> yes. but, but this motherfucker needs to be gone. Why? First of all, he, forget about let's Let's give the most optimistic viewing that we can of this person is that he can't help himself. So right. let's, let's see him from a, uh, from a sympathetic point of view. This is a sick dog that needs to be put down. Why? Because he's getting the rest of us sick. Period. That just from a basic yeah. level. So we know that. And and here's the thing. Here's the, the biggest objection that I always get here, because people are rightfully so. We're in a war. We're in a battle. We're trying to see things through. We're going, well, wait a minute. But yeah, but they're, they're not going to listen. They're not going to hit. Who gives a fuck? Seriously. At this point, it's a game. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a, game. It's, it's a war. It's, I'm playing against you. You cheat every time. Every time I drive to the hole, you try to trip me. Uh, you guys are whatever you guys you guys are cheating. We know everybody in the neighborhood knows you cheat. But what do I got to do? I got to score more fucking points than you, and that's what we got to do. And the and the bottom the, the exciting thing is, there's more of us than there are them, and there's less yeah. and less of them, and there's more and more of us. Every day yep. this motherfucker does something so inhumane. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. this is not a fucking joke that children were learning. Eleanor, Eleanor, do, you Eleanor have to, do you have to censor Whatever. this portion? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure, but you know, look at, look at, I, I think, I think that one of the reasons I don't do political shows is, you know, because you know it's very touchy, you know, and I've done shows for ten years. However, what really is happening now is what I did say before. It is about everyone, and everybody has to take a second look at what is happening here, and they have to make the choice that we all it's know biology. on this, bro- right. on this broadcast. Right. You're right. This broadcast Eleanor, are you right still now, there? I know the people. I know the yeah. three of us for sure. I know what we are, are you still there, and what Eleanor? we think. 
Yes, Eleanor is here. Yes, I- She's going to talk in a minute, yeah. but I'm just going to say that th- you asked me the question. Is okay. This is, but I am doing this show today because I know we need to make a change and we need to have a better life. And right now, this is difficult. So that's why I am making the the change over from my show a little to do shows to listen to what people say. Yes, this is a very bad situation we are in right now. And number one, we have to get out of this situation. And the only way to get out of the situation is for people to get well and vote. And that is number one. If we don't... Well, most then we are all. Said, then we might the, be having a replay. The most important thing, I think, and, and I don't mean yeah. to interrupt, but I mean I, well, I get no. where you're. You said the most important thing is that we have to act like human beings, and we have to yeah. do what's right, and we have to get people healthy, and that's the bottom line. And the truth of the matter yeah. is that there are people who, rightfully so, because it's it's a it's a weapon. It's it's an awareness. It's like being a police officer or or a secret service person. That's yeah. what you do. You are necessary at all times, and so yeah. you need to be looking at things and that and those. But you're right. We need to save. We need to save ourselves and do the smartest thing. And the, the truth yeah. of the matter is that the politics has intruded, and we could try to keep ignoring it. But it's it's intruded right. to the point where it's you know it, it's hard to do that. Real, it is hard to do that. It's very hard so to do that because we we're so, because we we all we watch it on TV and we and I look at I am a definite person that did not watch CNN all the time. In the last three and a half years, I have watched CNN, and I wake up in the morning every day, and I turn it on just to make sure we're still here. And that's the way it is, you know. And The humor persists, Marcia. Right, right. But, but yeah. on the other hand, I medically, I worked medically for all these years, and I, I just want, and we have to applaud all the people that are helping everybody because honestly, oh this is so saying, hard. And it, being it, in a hospital, I think what, what happens in a hospital, Europe. this is incredible. I mean, this is, they, they're yeah. so wonderful and they're working through shifts that are, they're exhausted. Right. And right. this and, is and, and, who and, we need yeah. to uh, say think, thank you. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think also you're that with, um, Eleanor, you're trying to break in there. What do you got? Eleanor, go ahead. Eleanor? You're on. I'm sure. That's okay. I'll get there. Um, well, I am listening, but yeah, I do. I my thoughts are that when we talk about the collective, all of us, you know, wanting to do because it's the obviously I think we're in sync. The four of us are are uh, we all yeah. pretty much yeah. think the same thing. Yeah. We, I've no, I yeah. know Martha and I know Jack, and from yeah. what you're saying, Steve, like, we're we're on the same wavelength. But I think yeah. what's happening is that when this first came out, um, so many people were, were in denial or didn't want to see it or just like, you know, hell with it, it'll happen, whatever, it's just a flu. Each state, each community is going to go through, like New York is going through it now, and yep. we, grieve, we grieve for New York. Everyone in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Washington, Louisiana, Tornado's Florida. Hit mm-hmm. Exactly, but we're all yeah. at different stages of this, this almost yeah. like it's yeah. – like it, like we just experienced like a yeah. shock, a freaking so, yeah. shock, and yeah. now each of us are going to deal with it in different ways. Like for two weeks, I was shell shocked, honest to God. I was like, because I I knew it was coming because my son lives in Bangkok and he works yeah. with the Thai CDC. So when he started, when I started hearing the cases coming out of China, he was already on alert and he alerted me. So I've been kind of on alert and preparing since January, thinking yeah. that, you know, 
because Thailand yeah. is so close to China, that's where most of the viruses <laughs> come out. And Thailand makes their own masks. I'm thinking, I don't know where we are in any preparation, but Thailand was prepared. So now I live in West Virginia. That was the last state, the last state to have any reported cases. Oh, wow. So we're really, so now we have, I believe, oh, I wrote the number down. I think we have 14 confirmed cases and one death. So we're so far behind, and that doesn't mean that we have so, such little, you know, numbers, such low numbers. It means that they're not testing here. They're not testing enough, I don't believe. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so they the have to test. Are, See, so that's, a, that's the whole thing. They absolutely have to do the culture. They have to test the people. And the only way this is going to get better is if they really start testing. And one, and because when you hear, like, I'm in Chicago, and when Mayor Lightfoot says this, she says, we, we're not getting tests here. So she's telling us we're not getting tests here. So they're getting ready with, a, with uh, you know, the McCormick Center, which is huge. And right before, like the like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, Every single convention that was supposed to be there started canceling. So at that point a month ago, everybody was knowing what was going on. And not to have the tests right now is a very difficult thing because this is you people are walking around with it and and they're spreading it. Well, Marcia, let me mm-hmm. ask you. Let me well, let me ask everybody this: Do you think we can ever come together after this? Uh, one at a time, or all at the same, you know. Just well, this, I think I think. Um, let me tell you. Let me what gonna, gives you. The, I don't know. You, with the election, let me tell we'll you what see. gives me the, this feeling. Seattle is known for what they call the Seattle freeze. In other words, people don't all walk down the street and say hi, how you doing, good morning. Even people you see every day, they will ignore you. What has happened here is that with everybody. Being in a new situation, they're greeting people on the street now. Good morning. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Are you doing okay? So to me, if we don't go back to the way we were before, yeah. if we continue well, right. on in this thing, we might be able to come out in a different place. Well, what you know, you, one of my you friends, say? you know, one of my friends asked me something. They said, "How are you doing with uh, in this?" Because they know I talk to like everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm talking to people in the grocery store, in a restaurant, and I go, "Well, I'm doing okay." And even when I go to a, a grocery store, for me. I do not talk because I'm not supposed to, you know what I mean? And it's killing me because I'm walking down the aisles, don't say a word, I don't even look at the people because I don't want to talk to anybody because you're not supposed to, all right? And so, but in in retrospect, with what you're saying, I think people want, now they really don't want to be isolated, okay? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think we will all have something that we share that we didn't have that before, no matter what religion we are, no matter anything about what we were before, we all went through this. Okay, Albert, I think you, to help. You, or Steve, one of you on that? What do you think? <laughs> I think it's well, a necessary I'm, evil. Oh, sorry, Steve. I think go that, ahead. I'm, I'm, go ahead, Eleanor, if you want. I mean, I, uh, bottom line is I just said I think it's – I think this is – look, I, first of all, I, uh, I think it was Marcia who alluded to this before. I think Jackie asked her a question, and it seemed like there was a limit to how far Marcia was uh, – she wanted her imagination to go, where she was just like, okay, I'm just going to stop here. And I'm going to see it positive right now, and that's as far as I want to see it. And I think that, you know, that's how you have to be. I mean, you, you have to you, – at the end of the day, you have a choice sometimes. Am I going to believe this or right. what am I going to follow? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I might as well fill myself up with something positive. So meanwhile, 
now how do we build towards that thing and how do we make that thing, how do we realize that, that positivity, right? And I think that how do you see this positive? Well, I see this positive in a way I think ironically at the end of this is that Donald Trump will have ultimately drained the swamp. And and mm. it will be it will be in a way that nobody that everybody looked at him and said yeah we know what you're what you're saying and you're lying and blah 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 and you're, but he is ironically gonna drain the swamp because he mm. is the biggest he's the biggest hairball in right. the in the tube right there I mean he's yep. so so as so the the good here's the thing is all these ideas who knows I don't know if it, it looks like it's gonna be Biden it might be Bernie either way I don't care because we're we're gonna kick his ass period and I yeah. can yeah. tell you why I think that yeah. will be but 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 back to this. And, and again, I can't imagine the, the other way is, is unthinkable, and I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to fight like it literally. My life literally depends on it, and it literally does. My ju- it literally my, does. Yeah, well, it literally my, does. My, I mean, it does. Right. At the end of the it, day, and, right, and it does. I'm connected, I'm connected to the biology of this thing. I'm not a, I, I don't, I'm not a political animal. I just have learned how to fight in the political arena because, you know, I couldn't breathe. You know, I literally almost died yeah. when I was a kid. The reason why I think I have this fire is I had a severe asthma when I was a kid. I literally almost died several times. I know what it's like to think you're going to fucking right, die. Right, when you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, well, right. I think, you know, and, you know, I could look so, at it. You so could look me, at it me, like you mentioned just, the Holocaust. You mentioned I, I the Holocaust story. Let me, okay, go let ahead. me just finish for a second. Okay. The Holocaust story is also part of my life because my mother was the first child born to this Holocaust survivor whose whole entire family was literally exterminated. The word extermination, yeah. what do you use that for? Oh, wow. Fun. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so this is where I come yeah. from. So anyway, the point is that, you know, when I discovered, you know, I was in Alaska. We were, film, we were shooting a I, Robert Kennedy Jr. So I came out here. I wanted to make movies. I love movies. I eventually saw that where my skill is, I'm really good at identifying talent. I'm great at communicating. I can connect people. I can find great ideas, and I can put the star on the stage and put the camera on that person. That's who I, I'm good at. I can find – that's why I wanted to direct movies. That's, that's why I appreciate these things in movies. But anyway, the yeah. point is I got introduced to Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s organization, The Water Keepers, which is unbelievable. And if you don't know anything about it, go take yeah. yourself, go read into it. They're amazing. I had no idea this stuff was really happening. That the water tables we had a we had a literally people had to had to police ourselves. They had to police humanity so that we don't destroy ourselves. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This, well, right. this was fifteen yeah. years ago. So yeah. as okay. I started so. developing and, and understanding, watching the oil companies dumping their oil their waste directly into the water off the coast of Alaska and having a physical reaction to it like I did when I was a kid. I came back to L.A., and I learned that clean energy and dirty energy were about the same price, and that's how I got involved in solar, which is amazing, and that's why I'm with solar. But So the, the bottom line is I know – look, how, how are we going to win this? We just First of all, yeah. we just have to make ourselves as strong as possible. We yeah. just have to – all of us who are sentient human beings, who are, who are uh, sensitive people, who love who care – and, and think all the great ideas that we all have, we know that we're good people. We know who the good people are, and the good people can see this. I mean, you can see it right from the beginning. Anybody who takes a tone yeah. like he takes with people is, 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 is off-putting to begin with. Three years right. ago, four right. years ago, people could say. So, El- and Eleanor, Eleanor can you, do you want to answer that? Do you want to answer that? Because I'm really, I'm, I really need to know. You know the yeah. the different views. Steve's, you know, brilliant idea there. You know, let, you know, but anyway. Eleanor, you're, okay, I'm, let me Go characterize ahead. you. To the outside world, you're a solitary novelist living alone, writing historical books. You know, what do you think the future holds after this mess we're in right now? 
people. I, I think well, where I was going with, with the state-by-state thing is that it's going, to, it's going to take a while. And I think all of us need to buckle down because it's going to take a while. And there's going to be a lot yeah. of a lot of sadness, a lot of a lot of tragedy, and we have to be as strong as we can. But I think we need to pace ourselves as well because we don't know what's coming. Like I said, West Virginia is the last state to have any cases, and now we have one death, one. So I may be looking at, or we may be looking at, you know, six, eight, ten weeks. So I, I don't know what's going. So I'm pacing myself. I'm thinking at the end because I, I'm I'm a I am I'm a realist though, but I do think with the glass half full, but it, it gets harder and harder. Um, I think we have to pace ourselves and and like you, like Steve was saying, just prepare yourself and be strong. Take care of yourself. I have like most Americans, I have pre pre existing conditions. I have asthma as well, um, autoimmune. So I definitely have to take care of myself, and and I'm just feisty enough. I'm feisty enough to do it. I think we're going to be okay. I do believe it will, like they say. I, I believe it will come back in the fall, and hopefully by then we have uh, we have vaccines and everyone's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Jack, hope, I'm because Jack I'm Jack has a habit of knowing all feisty people. Everybody. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Not okay, one of the mill. Well, we are all feisty uh, well, look, in our own I'm gonna way. Have to, I'm going to have to get offline. Um, so that's why I wanted to get right, a final summation I'll finish up the show. Jack, thank you so you much guys. for coming on. Right, I'll just finish up. Steve, Steve, yes, uh, te- uh, Steve uh, message me, okay? So, you know, yeah, we'll talk, okay, at another time. And I want you to come on the show. We'll come on. You can talk about other subjects like screenplays. and Well, when we get into a better place here, because I wrote 12 screenplays, we have a lot of screenplay talks. And I'm hoping, the reason I've done this show is because I just want people to know, you know, that there are people out there that are caring about these things, and we all want this to be a successful. I mean, right now, we're losing people, it's and that is me. always going to be something that we all can remember. But we do have to go on and... I have learned that from writing to life, which was Sarah Lewis's story in a concentration camp. I actually understand exactly what you mean, Steve. But I kind of take her words, or her words are in my head always. They went on, whatever happened. They went on to have happy, successful lives. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, guys. This has been great. I'll be in touch with. I'll be in touch with each of you. Okay, thank you so much. All right, Jack, thank you. Thank you, Jack. Okay, and you can find Jack Jack at jackramick.com. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Marcia. Yes, all right, and Steve, thank you so much for joining our conversation. Marcia, I just want to ask Eleanor a question. Sure. Can I ask Eleanor a question? Sure. First of all, I just want to – I want to – I think you're – I mean, you're – I, there's no way I could ever survive where you're at. I, I'm, I got to take my hat off to you. I mean, I feel fortunate that I live where I live because I can believe what I believe. And, and most people mm-hmm. around here do, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't yeah. know. I, I, so I appreciate the fact that you hold the views that you do amongst the, the, you know, the pressure and the resistance and the, I mean, it's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be like a beautiful mind sometimes, you know, the movie. Yeah. Well, I don't mind, know. It's like, oh my God. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, I don't, look, at, look at, I just believe in good, and, and I'm hoping that we can all get out of this. 
Yeah, well, my gonna, neighbors I mean, here's are. The, I, I, but let me. I just want to ask you. So, Eleanor, I mean, so thank you for for that. And and what is it? Um, I mean, do you do you need more optimism about how this is going to work out? Because we're it's we're gonna it, we're, it's no. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. No, no, no. no. We're gonna, I, we're gonna I, no, survive I'm, here. I, no, I know, I know we will. I'm just conscious. Like I come from a, a counseling background, and I've worked with refugees, so oh, yeah. I'm more, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in tune, and, and I'm an empath, which really sucks right now. So it's, uh, so I'm taking wow. it all in, and I'm, I'm, you know, putting, I'm digesting it all. Now I'm optimistic, but it's mm-hmm. not easy living in this state. But it's a beautiful state. People totally. are kind. They're wonderful. But, you know, on my street, we have, you know, still the Trump signs are, yeah, we got Trump signs and, you know, Confederate flags every now and then. So, yes, it is, it is difficult, but I'm, I'm a strong woman. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I think the one optimistic thing here, which is fantastic, and and I could see you're inspiring me, but it's kind of like, it's like the only way that the right thing could have happened. It's almost like, it's almost like being, a, I, I use a lot of sports analogies, but it's like if I was up in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded and my team is down by three, I can either fail miserably or I can win the game right now. So you need an opportunity. Yeah. You need a time. You need a time when it's like you're, you're walking the tightrope where it's, it's glory yeah. or it's, or, or not. And, and I think yeah. ironically, ironically, the things that we have actually needed, right. The thing that we need to survive is that we need to switch over to a renewable energy economy as soon as possible, period. We just have to stop mm-hmm. polluting as fast as yeah. possible and switch over to clean right. energy. And it's cheaper. Right. So anyway, so that's what we need on, a, on an economic biological level. And that kind of thing, this, the heightened vigilance that we all have is a good mm-hmm. thing because it's showing us that, hey, this really is an emergency. And it yeah. is, we are correcting oh, yeah. this one. And we are well, this is definitely an emergency. And, and yeah. we're going to, we're going to, and so we're going to, we know that we have to, only in a time like this are we going to make that leap that we need to make. And ironically, I think what's happening here is, however the science and the chemicals and the karma and everything swirls together, it's leading mm. us to the right places. We are now very conscious of the fact that healthcare is expensive and what are we going to do? We need to take care of people. And yes, we better take care. And we're doing it. And, and yeah. it's becoming we're conscious about renewable energy. It's becoming conscious about education. It's becoming conscious about germs and cleanliness. And so, absolutely, because absolutely. of this, because of this right. I think I think doctors. You know, I, I, I've, a doctor I know mentioned the fact that he felt like that now people will actually start taking better care of themselves, clean, washing yes. their hands more, and Your this will help care. with yeah. other viruses. I mean, we're yeah. going to have I, other things that happen, you know. But I hopefully, we'll all get through this. I think mine right, and thank you so up. much for joining us. And Elaine, Elaine, Eleanor, thank you so yes, much, sir. Eleanor. I love when you come on. And Jack, you know, Jack is very passionate, and I and and um, he no, right, he is, and he's so intelligent that it's all. It's such an interesting conversation when he's on because he thinks of such wonderful Always. questions. Yeah. Yes, he does. Thank you for having me, Marcia. I love talking. All right, thank to you. you. All right, yes. thank you to all nice and to everybody out you. there. Stay safe. Stay safe and well, and we will. I'll be on next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.